Good evening, relaxing literature podcast listeners. It's a pleasure to read to you tonight. For tonight's sleep story, I'll be reading The Frog Prince and The Elves and the Shoemaker by the Brothers Grimm. So let your eyes fall heavy and your breath soften as we settle in for a peaceful night's sleep. The Frog Prince One fine evening, a young princess put on her bonnet and clogs and went out to take a walk by herself in a wood. And when she came to a cool spring of water that rose in the midst of it, she sat herself down to rest a while. Now she had a golden ball in her hand, which was her favorite plaything, and she was always tossing it up into the air and catching it again as it fell. After a time, she threw it up so high that she missed catching it as it fell, and the ball bounded away and rolled along upon the ground, till at last it fell down into the spring. The princess looked into the spring after her ball, but it was very deep, so deep that she could not see the bottom of it. Then she began to bewail her loss, and said, Alas, if I could only get my ball again, I would give all my fine clothes and jewels, and everything that I have in the world. Whilst she was speaking, a frog put its head out of the water, and said, Princess, why do you weep so bitterly? Alas, she said, What can you do for me, you nasty frog? My golden ball has fallen into the spring. The frog said, I want not your pearls and jewels and fine clothes, but if you will love me and let me live with you and eat from your golden plates, and sleep upon your bed, I will bring you your ball again. What nonsense, thought the princess, this silly frog is talking. He can never even get out of the spring to visit me, though he may be able to get my ball for me, and therefore I will tell him he shall have what he asks. So she said to the frog, Well, if you will bring me my ball, 
I will do as you ask. Then the frog put his head down and dived deep under the water. He came up again with the ball in his mouth and threw it on the edge of the spring. As soon as the young princess saw her ball, she ran to pick it up, and she was so overjoyed to have it in her hand again, that she never thought of the frog, but ran home with it as fast as she could. The frog called after her, Stay, princess, and take me with you as you said, but she did not stop to hear a word. The next day, just as the princess had sat down to dinner, she heard a strange noise, tap, tap, plash, plash, as if something was coming up the marble staircase, and soon afterwards, there was a gentle knock at the door, and a little voice cried out and said, Open the door, my princess dear, open the door to thy true love here, and mind the words that thou and I said by the fountain cool in the greenwood shade. Then the princess ran to the door and opened it, and there she saw the frog whom she had quite forgotten. At this sight she was sadly frightened, and shutting the door as fast as she could, came back to her seat. The king, her father, seeing that something had frightened her, asked her what was the matter. There is a nasty frog, she said, at the door that lifted my ball for me out of the spring this morning. I told him that he should live with me here, thinking that he could never get out of the spring, but there he is at the door, and he wants to come in. While she was speaking, the frog knocked again at the door, and said, Open the door, my princess dear, open the door to thy true love here, and mind the words that thou and I said by the fountain cool in the greenwood shade. Then the king said to the young princess, As you have given your word, you must keep it, so go and let him in. She did so, and the frog hopped into the room, and then straight on, tap, tap, plash, plash, from the bottom of the room to the top 
till he came up close to the table where the princess sat. Pray, lift me upon the chair, said he to the princess, and let me sit next to you. As soon as she had done this, the frog said, Put your plate nearer to me, that I may eat out of it. This she did, and when he had eaten as much as he could, he said, Now I am tired, carry me upstairs, and put me into your bed. And the princess, though very unwillingly, took him up in her hand, and put him upon the pillow of her own bed, where he slept all night long. As soon as it was light, he jumped up, hopped downstairs, and went out of the house. Now then, thought the princess, at least he is gone, and I shall be troubled with him no more. But she was mistaken, for when night came again, she heard the same tapping at the door, and the frog came once more, and said, Open the door, my princess dear, open the door to thy true love here, and mind the words that thou and I said, by the fountain cool in the greenwood shade. And when the princess opened the door, the frog came in, and slept upon her pillow as before, till the morning broke. And the third night he did the same, but when the princess awoke on the following morning, she was astonished to see, instead of a frog, a handsome prince, gazing on her with the most beautiful eyes she had ever seen, and standing at the head of her bed. He told her that he had been enchanted by a spiteful fairy, who had changed him into a frog, and that he had been fated so, to abide till some princess should take him out of the spring, and let him eat from her plate, and sleep upon her bed for three nights. You, said the prince, have broken his cruel charm, and now I have nothing to wish for, but that you should go with me into my father's kingdom, where I will marry you, and love you as long as I live. The young princess, you may be sure, was not long in saying, yes, to all this, and as they spoke, a gay coach drove up, with eight 
beautiful horses decked with plumes of feathers and a golden harness, and behind the coach rode the prince's servant, faithful Henrik, who had bewailed the misfortunes of his dear master during his enchantment so long and so bitterly that his heart had well nigh burst. They then took leave of the king, and got into the coach with eight horses, and all set out, full of joy and merriment, for the prince's kingdom, which they reached safely, and there they lived happily a great many years. The Elves and the Shoemaker There was once a shoemaker who worked very hard and was very honest, but still he could not earn enough to live upon, and at last all he had in the world was gone, save just leather enough to make one pair of shoes. Then he cut his leather out all ready to make up the next day, meaning to rise early in the morning to his work. His conscience was clear, and his heart light amidst all his troubles, so he went peaceably to bed, left all his cares to heaven, and soon fell asleep. In the morning, after he had said his prayers, he sat himself down to his work, when, to his great wonder, there stood the shoes already made upon the table. The good man knew not what to say or think at such an odd thing happening. He looked at the workmanship, there was not one false stitch in the whole job, all was so neat and true that it was quite a masterpiece. The same day, a customer came in, and the shoes suited him so well that he willingly paid a price higher than usual for them, and the poor shoemaker, with the money, bought leather enough to make two pairs more. In the evening, he cut out the work, and went to bed early, that he might get up, and begin betimes next day but he was saved all the trouble, for when he got up in the morning, the work was done ready to his hand. Soon in came buyers, who paid him handsomely for his goods, so that he bought leather enough for four pairs more. He cut out the work again overnight, 
and found it done in the morning, as before, and so it went on for some time. What was got ready in the evening was already done by daybreak, and the good man soon became thriving and well off again. One evening, about Christmas time, as he and his wife were sitting over the fire chatting together, he said to her, I should like to sit up and watch tonight, that we may see who it is that comes and does my work for me. The wife liked the thought, so they left a light burning and hid themselves in a corner of the room, behind a curtain that was hung up there, and watched what would happen. As soon as it was midnight, there came in two little naked dwarves, and they sat themselves upon the shoemaker's bench, took up all the work that was cut out, and began to ply with their fingers, stitching and wrapping and tapping away at such a rate that the shoemaker was all wonder, and could not take his eyes off them, and on they went, till the job was quite done and the shoes stood ready for use upon the table. This was long before daybreak, and then they bustled away as quick as lightning. The next day, the wife said to the shoemaker, These little whites have made us rich and we ought to be thankful to them, and do them a good turn if we can. I am quite sorry to see them run about as they do, and indeed it is not very decent, for they have nothing upon their backs to keep off the cold. I'll tell you what, I will make each of them a shirt, and a coat, and a waistcoat, and a pair of pantaloons into the bargain, and do you make each of them a little pair of shoes. The thought pleased the good cobbler very much, and one evening, when all the things were ready, they laid them on the table, instead of the work that they used to cut out, and then went and hid themselves, to watch what the little elves would do. About midnight, in they came, dancing and skipping, hopped round the room, and then went to sit down to their work as usual, but when they saw the clothes lying for them, they laughed and chuckled, and seemed mightily delighted. 
Then they dressed themselves in the twinkling of an eye, and danced and capered and sprang about, as merry as could be, till at last they danced out at the door, and away over the green. The good couple saw them no more, but everything went well with them from that time forward, as long as they lived. Special.